Hello and welcome to another episode of Insider Investing. We often think of venture capitalists as somebody who gives money to entrepreneurs. But often there are venture capitalists who are entrepreneurs in their own right. Building out a venture capital fund from scratch has its own set of challenges uh, getting access to the best entrepreneurs, coaching those entrepreneurs uh, along their journey. And in India especially, the struggle of evangelizing a new asset class like venture capital among domestic investors. Now, there's someone who I've seen do this exceptionally well. He's somebody I've known since 2009. He founded uh, Bloom Ventures uh, right after the global financial crisis along with Sanjay Nath. And in doing that, I think he opened up India's eyes to a whole new asset class and birthed maybe hundreds of new entrepreneurs some of whom we know exceptionally well as being unicorn founders today. Please welcome on this episode of Insider Investing, Karthik Reddy, founder and managing partner at Bloom Ventures. Hi Karthik uh, and welcome to this uh, episode of Insider Investing. Uh, It's so good to talk to somebody I've known for so long, but we've never had this conversation so it's going to be really interesting for me. Uh, Karthik, I'll kick it off by this, you know, one thing that consistently comes across when people talk about Karthik Reddy. You know, this uh, this most loved VC. I actually googled for it and uh, one of the first few hits that you see is this uh, note on by Sajid on his Bloom journey. So it's it's amazing how, how entrepreneurs, how the ecosystem has associated uh, this most loved term with Bloom and specifically with you. So that's that's incredible for me. But, you know, one of the things that I've seen from the early days and especially 2008, 9, 10, when you folks were ideating, setting up, is you're as much, if not more, an entrepreneur than a VC. Uh, And, you know, I want to talk about that journey, what got you started into this uh, space. You were doing really well in a professional career at Bennett, uh, from there to give it all up uh, and and begin bloom in a time when people didn't care much for the asset class. Yeah, no, I think um, thanks for having me, Sandeep. So first, uh, it's been fantastic to have your support uh, as a part of IFL Wealth before your deserved journey started uh, for the same period of 10, 11 years that we've been around. Uh, it was almost like a day one introduction and uh, you know it's great to have people who have that belief and support in you through the journey. So thank you for that. Um, and uh, the entrepreneurial journey, um, it's a partly, I think, DNA. So I come from a family of entrepreneurs on both sides. Um, I wouldn't say very successful on one side. I won't, I won't out which part of my family. And uh, actually very successful on the other side. And I'd seen both, uh, both extremes. I've seen like, um, so relative to most uh, folks I've seen in my college lives after stepping out of home for the first time at the age of 17, uh, I realized how privileged I was at one level. Like, uh, so very good upbringing in Chennai, good schools, uh, you know, got a chance to go to the best colleges, go abroad. Um, and so there's, there was this itch to be an entrepreneur for a long time because that, I guess, it gets ingrained in the DNA. But there was also this fear of um, having to deal with everything that's the complexity of India, to be honest. So, you know, when you when you actually, and, and most of the entrepreneurs that I know uh, in the 80s, 90s, which I witnessed, were like hardcore danda entrepreneurs. And in fact, most of the money people made were actually in infrastructure businesses, uh, real estate and uh, construction. And you look at the grime of it in more uh, philosophical ways than simply the dust and, and, and material. And I was like, this is not for me. I can't do this, right? I, I can't, uh, not that I don't have the courage to be uh, sort of ruthlessly 20 hours a day at it for a decade, which I think, you know, uh, if anything, I'm proud of that over the last 10 years. Yeah, which you have um, been in any way. Yeah. And, and so it wasn't the fear of the work that it takes to be an entrepreneur. It was... Under what terms can I control any of the terms of my entrepreneurship? And um, to me, some of them were very jarring. And the world has changed a lot. India has become cleaner as a business place. But it was very natural in that era to think of how to operate within the system cutting corners, right? 
you've been a witness to an IFL journey. You're itself an entrepreneur. You've been part of the co-founding team. So you've seen that from the 2000s, there have been various options to build, uh, you know, to your vision very cleanly, uh, very ambitiously, compete with the best in the world. Um, it didn't seem like that, at least when I was growing up, to be honest. So the the escapism of that was, hey, I, I do fairly well in school, so I can just keep getting grades and the job market was picking up. So, you know, you were tempted to basically go and solve for the job market, uh, you know, and, 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 and get a better and better gig. Uh, you'll never make as much money, perhaps, but you'll have the satisfaction of working with good people, etc. And that kept me going. Uh, then... And sitting in the US in 2004, 2003, those, those genes started expressing themselves. So I was actually cleaning up. My parents are moving, so I was cleaning up everything in the home last weekend. Uh, and like boxes and boxes and boxes of my history were coming out. So what's fresh in my mind is my, there were two files around my, uh, startup which I incorporated in Delaware. It was called Crick TV. Crick TV. It was, what what yeah, was Crick TV doing? It was supposed to, um, take uh, internet rights for broadcast of cricket all over the world and show it to North America, basically. Uh, so Willow was doing it. Uh, it was not like, and I was a customer of Willow, but I felt like there was a big market and the idea was to extend that to uh, my the other proxy name which I had, uh, which I still have folders in my email box from 18 years ago, Zata. So the brand was Zata. And it was pre-YouTube. So it was like, you know, you thought of content being democratized and it came from, you know, uh, Dish TV in the U.S. doing that for actually all... Uh, there was a Dish in the U.S. also, by the way. And they actually brought all um, ethnic content to the U.S. And because DTHL up for a very different type of distribution from cable. Over the air, one transponder and you can get to everyone. And that was the predecessor to the internet. So I started playing with this idea and then I said, Hey, I'm under-equipped for this. What the hell was I thinking? And after two years... Pretty much after burning through all my savings uh, at that juncture, I realized that I wasn't equipped for it. I, I needed a tech co-founder. You need you need to have the skills to be able to really build something memorable. You can go through the grind of saying, I don't know anything, I'm just a good businessman. But that's not the kind of entrepreneurship I'm a fan of, to be honest. Right? So, and, and we made, and we'll come to mistake sections, but remind me of one. And that's always like when you find a co-founding team, you can't f- find and fund teams which you have being guilty of having a flaw in your own journey, which is which is what that was. So I kind of half-heartedly played that out in five or six. And then when my company got acquired, I started thinking of moving back to India. And the wife said, look, you've already destroyed whatever little we have. You're not, you're not going down the entrepreneurial route again. Please get yourself a job, right? And there were enough risks in bringing her back after 12 years of her staying in the US too. So... Stuck to the jobs uh, and stuck to what I'd like to do. I, so even my jobs, I've tried to stay close to industries or sectors that I want to be in touch with, right? Uh, so whether it was technology banking or whether it was uh, fintech or whether it was media tech, the idea was to stay as close to it. And this wave of what I wanted to do in Bloom started in US because I landed in 1999-2000 and got enamored by what the internet can do to change the world, right? And the challenge was always, uh, while I got seduced into one idea, the challenge was, how will you become a great entrepreneur right, in this, doing this? And that was never clear. It wasn't, it wasn't clear in my head. Uh, and so in some sense, you, you, I think you, if you're patient enough, you're playing the real, real long game, which is what entrepreneurship is. Uh, it, I think you just have to wait for the right moment. And for me, um, uh, I crept back and I think, Venture capital for me was always a way of getting the pleasure one degree removed of pretty much dealing with every cool idea that I can witness in the world, right? Inside of my domain, right? You don't have to be stuck to one and slog for 20 years to build an iconic company. Of course, that has its own charm. You're a pedestal, you're on a pedestal as an entrepreneur. But, you know, can I set up something which stands for that, which backs such founders, right? And, and, uh, if you ask me, Late stage doesn't appeal to me for all those reasons because you're not a, you, then you're a money manager, you're a fund manager, right? You don't get the thrill of sharing that entrepreneurial ride with the early stage, early journey of the founder, which is what I do, what I do uh, for a living for. 
I don't do it because I'm a money manager. I do it because I get the pervasive, you know, the the perverse pleasure of actually watching uh, entrepreneurship unfold in front of my eyes for the first two three years of a journey in something almost always which doesn't exist in the world. Yeah, that that kind of vantage point is rarely available to a lot of people, right? And I I see I see why it can be. Ex- it's a privilege, I think. Yeah, to be a part of that ecosystem. But Karthik, I mean. Uh, you know, there are many ways that you could associate with entrepreneurs, you could support them in different ways. But I think you chose one of the sort of approaches, which is really the hardest. And today it doesn't seem so hard. But back then in 2009, uh, you know, we were coming off uh, the worst financial crisis we had seen in our lifetimes. And uh, yeah. I still remember like going along for meetings with you and uh, clients telling us that look 2006 I invested in this venture capital fund this that that money is never going to come back and uh, you know why would I even touch you with a barge pole and then to explain the 220 fee structure uh, so you're telling them that look you've not made money uh, I will make money but before that I will charge some fees to you and it's a really hard place uh, yeah. I, I, I in fact think that such a a fund of this stage hadn't really been raised at scale in India at that point in time. That's correct. That's correct. We were the first to do 100% Indian money too. Absolutely. Yeah. And so in a way, you were like sort of convincing a whole new mm-hmm. class of investors to invest in this asset class for the very first time. And you know what happened. Like we went through after that when drawdowns would get uh, recalled yeah. and people wouldn't yeah. honor yeah. and call for liquidity, yeah. etc. So how, yeah. how was that entire process of educating Indian investors about this asset class? I think it's one of the four or five different uh, social sector goods that Bloom has done (laughs) for this country. (laughs) I'll take take credit for it. And uh, I know you you enabled 125, 150 meetings as a group. Uh, Unknowns to you, um, I think we did a total of 600 pitches. Wow. And I'm not talking about... Yeah, I'm not talking about multiple pitches to the same person. If you add those, it's probably 1,200. But basically... And I, I, I now think about it and I was like, where did I find the time? Like, you know, we did this in two years flat, yeah. right? And and there were days where, you know, one of your colleagues would take us to Goa and we would do five. So that explains the pace. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, we pitched in Goa, we pitched in Pune, we pitched in Chennai. We got like zero counts on a lot of them. So we converted 75 of them. And the, the ratio explains the question that you had. Mm. Uh, people heard us out. They might have thought these guys are sincere. They might have thought these guys are stupid. Sincerely stupid uh, that they think they can actually make this work. Uh, but, you know, I think, um, you know, your validation as IFL Wealth, you know, somebody calling, um, you know, someone like a Harsh Mariwala, someone calling a GV Prasad, the F Ready Labs. Basically, we, like every entrepreneur, we shamelessly leached off these brands, right? Mm. So we got the first five or ten and we, we just plonked their brand names everywhere and said, look, hey, these mm. people believe in us. Uh, and we just iteratively built. It took us four closes to get to 100 crores. Yeah, now, I some small that. young company raises 100 crores in like a week. Right? Yeah. Uh, and four closes, 21 months. So I think it's like this obsession of an entrepreneur, right? And you've met Brazilian entrepreneurs. You're being one yourself. So you know the feeling now. Uh, not that you didn't know it in Naya for Wealth. That you karna right? So you essentially, uh, you say that like, I have such strong conviction in what I think will happen in the next decade mm. that I will sell. I will sell no matter how many times I'm beaten and chased away from doors. Mm. And um, I think that's what kept us going. And so as the for an entrepreneur, think about a seed entrepreneur back then used to raise one, two, three crores at most. Right. Okay. Very different era. Yeah. And for us, similarly, I think every time somebody... You walked out of a room and they said, Chalo, ek karte hai. Hmm. It gave you momentum for another month. Hmm. Correct. That, that adrenaline ge- keeps you going. It's a small win, right? And that's what entrepreneurs... Yeah, the entrepreneurs, are, entrepreneurs are that way. It, essentially, you need small wins to keep you going, right? The, it's laden with potholes. It's laden with, like, you know, a, a stress. But the small wins keep you going. And I think that's what Alok does to keep going. And you're right, the asset class... Even today, I I tell LPs there is like, how come India didn't return money for a long time? Why are things changing now? I said, look, you know, uh, we were all faking it till we made it in some sense, right? Uh, there was there was the IPOs are starting now. 
it's been 13, 14 years since these companies have been invested in or started, right? So only now are they making it. So even the best of the funds, best of the entrepreneurs were struggling because the necessary ingredients for these to take off were not necessarily in place. You were just waiting for that infrastructure to fall in place magically one day. And honestly, that happened only in 15, 16. Um, uh, we, I think we'll have outstanding funds, uh, returns in fund one and the extension, but it's taken much longer. So the IRRs will dip a little, right? Have, would, would you have been happy with 25% plus IRR? Yeah. Will I end up with 20% IRR? Yeah. So, you know, but I think we, the belief is playing out and which is what I think in any one of your listeners or India should take pride in that it was a tough slog. We were all five years ahead of ourselves. But if that five years of infrastructure laying on one end of the pipe had not happened, there was no way the entrepreneurs on the entrepreneurial energy that got unleashed in 16 could have taken advantage of a geo and a UPI. Correct. You, you had to build the rails on every front. Yeah. See, we didn't have a USPS yeah, that an Amazon had. Yeah. We didn't have dark fiber that, you know, a Netflix had. Correct. Right? We were building all the rails in parallel. So it's literally like they say, you're falling off the thing and you're actually weaving the parachute. That's what we all did. Right? We all jumped off a hundred planes and we we're just trying to build the parachute before we land. And it, finally, it feels like it's worth it because 10 years later, the parachutes are all safe landing. And I think it's going to be a phenomenally interesting journey for the next set of entrepreneurs, both fund managers and investors uh, and investee companies who are now jumping into the journey. And I think it, the, the, the hard work's been done by both oh, sides absolutely. for the rest, next decade to enjoy. Uh, so and I completely agree, you know, the, the, the kind of intense slog that you guys did at that point in time. And, you know, it's like not very different from any other business, right? When you, when uh, a new sort of user is coming onto a platform or a new platform, the user knows that this is an early stage company. So therefore there will be issues uh, in the product. Uh, and in many ways, these are like the early adopters are enthusiasts. That's right? Right. And That's right. in, I, I, I see that like in, in the early set of investors who came in into bloom, they came yeah. in, I mean, return was probably one of the reasons. I think the whole That's thing right. that there is a great team, which is, starting up and doing something that excitement of backing folks like you was was interesting yeah. and the second thing was they also wanted to back entrepreneurs in the indian ecosystem that's right so i think so much of that is also because of you know those early enthusiasts who came in absolutely there are one or two people who said I don't know whether you'll succeed, but I'm writing this off as I give you the check right uh, there's that other person who said after two years also they said um, you think you'll return our money? And I said, yeah, I hopefully in spades. And he said, it's okay. I'm budgeting only cash back, no gains on this. I said, I'll prove you wrong someday. I love the fact that the bar is so low. I'm going to beat this bar, right? And, and so it's, it's, it's good and bad. You're right. It's, it's basically early adopters are a generous lot. They were our equivalent of our angel investors. And I've, I've said this in a different way, Sandeep, and you probably heard me say it as well. That fund was the equivalent of our seed round, right? Friends, family, seed as actually who's helped us on that. All clubbed together to give 100 crores. Then came, and like the, the government entity which gave also, is like a quasi-grant. And this is what happens in early stage startups, right? Uh, uh, they hounded us for 10 years before to give our money back. But we knew that they were being just generous out of a government pool, right? And I'm happy that I've now returned the taxpayer money in spades. And there's more to give back. And then the fund one, fund two became like a series A round. You got your first institutional investor, you got other pylon investors, etc. Then the fund three, which we, we've just completed investing out of, was like a series B round. And now we're finally raising uh, a series C ish round, basically. Yeah, which is almost so, all which institutional is our, now. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, still a mix, but it's almost like a pro rata mix like your existing investors are exercising their pro rata to continue playing in the game it's a little different from the company journey on two counts one is your existing folks have to back you otherwise new folks don't come in it's that's the one big difference and the second is here the pro rata keeps in that sense growing doesn't shrink right uh, in terms of absolute size in most other company journeys the numbers shrink as the companies here if you're really doing well people just double down right 
and, and to posterity because you have an allocation for them in terms of who they're giving capital to. It's not an investment in that sense. So it's a sharper J-curve probably for a company like Bloom, right? Which is like, so it compounds uh, very fast. But the point is, uh, you know, it's one thing to put a certain amount of money out of your personal capital and give it to folks like Bloom. It's another thing to... Uh, join Bloom, right? Uh, and that early uh, team that came together. Uh, and I just remember it being so diverse, right? From across like spaces. Yeah. I mean, uh, you and Sanjay obviously like uh, pulls apart as personalities. Then there was Ashish yeah. who, uh, again, a very different, uh, uh, you know, uh, person. So how was it like attracting talent in a time when this industry itself was not proven? Yeah, so it explains why we are a motley crew. To, to your point, right? Uh, we were not offering a job, right? So, so, so the the bigger VCs were offering a job, meaning you had the security cover, right? You have the what security cover? You raised measly twenty million dollars, makes hardly any fees, right? Two percent is fine, but it's nothing. You have a budget of two crores to run your business for each for five years. How is that a budget? And that includes everything. And, and on what basis then are you attracting talent who wants to come and work for a decade, potentially? Okay. And so, essentially, what is that? What did I just say? It's a prescription for people joining and becoming co-founders in that sense. And 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 we didn't have startup seed capital that you know even uh, you. I know you were a co-founder of the institution, but that seed capital is much larger in your case. And even today, the market has improved, so you can attract really good founding teams with a two, three million dollar round. We survived basically on one and a half, two million dollars for five years, right? Most of our companies burn much more than we can ever burn in a year. So we run on a very frugal budget, right? And we still are just breaking out of that. So the, I think the job seeking team building has only started happening in 2018. So prior to that, what you were attracting was two, three things. I think. Uh, it explains also why, uh, Four out of the eight leadership folks are from Times Group in the same team that I ran, right? And so, essentially, like most good founding teams, uh, you have to have this cultural alignment, mission alignment, pre-baked into the into the you know thinking, right? So, in the case of Sanjay and me, right, they're very different personalities, but it came from the same motivations. We met through Mumbai Angels, so it was at least a format in which we understood our motivations for why we do what we do very well, right? Beyond that, it was about what are we building towards and who's going to come and join that journey. So I don't know if you know this, we have two, three, uh, I'm not able to sustain that hack anymore because people are impatient, but no person hired pre-2016, 17, was hired in less than six months. Oh, it took that much time. It was more like a dating exercise, much like a, a, the two founders dated for a year before getting engaged. And putting up first, the first pitch deck that had Sanjay and my name on the same deck took about eight months from when we decided we want to talk to each other. Right. And so the same idea about anybody who joined Bloom, right. So Ashish would keep dropping hints. I would pick up some of them and I would say, I really can't afford this guy. You know, he's saying he wants to join. Where do I have the money? I'm not first close yet. And finally, he's like, how much more openly should I say it instead of okay, come on board? But but like these are the risks, right? I don't know what I'm going to be able to promise you in 2015, right? Uh, this is 2011 and this is what I have in my hand. Uh, and so that's how Sajid came. That's how Adit came. Uh, and and uh, that's how Arpit came. So that's how we got started, right? And Arpit would ride in every trip I would take to Delhi. He would uh, ask if he could meet and I would say, I have a car ride to Noida. Right? And, and that's how we get to know each other. And, and then I say, he says, uh, what's, what's the next step? I said, the next trip to Delhi. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this, this would keep going on. And we did this with like, it was almost sounds silly, but we did this a lot. Even like Rohan came after a year of, year and a half of spending time with a portfolio company because we said, we can't afford you. So I wanted people to be dead sure on why they're choosing to come and join us and whether they're ready for this kind of a crazy entrepreneurial journey. It's not sustainable anymore. I think with Sajid Pai, I think we've made the last of those bets in some sense. Kunal, who's joined us as a senior person recently, has known us for 10 years. Same thing, Mumbai Angels Connection. And so I think there's a little bit of that buy-in required if you're coming in at a senior level, for sure. 
at a junior level uh, you're grooming them and now thankfully the brand attracts really good talent you put an ad, you put a posting out and you get 200 great resumes now for a position correct and uh, and so that has changed but in the early days you're right i think it was mission alignment culture alignment so i what i was realizing about my own form of entrepreneurship and what i wanted bloom culture to stand for is essentially what i was testing these people for in these six month journeys and saying am i making a mistake or am i getting someone who's long term aligned to how we think about uh, bloom as a brand relevant really uh, uh, in context of how i want them to be with the entrepreneurs so okay, for example yeah. if the person didn't know how to speak to an entrepreneur it didn't matter how intelligent they were for my phone right because that's the only that's the only that's the only thing we were selling actually how does one crore change anybody's life right even in the context of 2012 it's a start but capitalists commoditized i'll tell you honestly in 11 12 we lost deals on a 1 crore pre money valuation difference yeah people are op- everyone is optimizing for yeah the absolutely. last absolutely yeah. who's bloom right yeah. versus xyz angel network yeah. right yeah and and only time will tell whether that was a foolish decision or they should have taken money from us and built a better company right yeah. and and so the differentiation was that what what are we for entrepreneurs right and and i'm trying to gauge every person to say is this person going to stand up to that scrutiny very tough very tough which is why it took that long the other hack i don't want to necessarily make it public but i'll, I'll kind of drop a hint go for it that 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 uh, no it's it's a, it's, a, it's a sort of a trade secret at bloom but basically we we um, we actually put above a certain level we actually when they pass the internal test yeah and today that means depending on the level 3 to 5 people internally and there shouldn't be red flags yellow flags on anyone uh, from anyone otherwise they don't pass the bar because we're spoiled for choice we're getting 200 resumes for a single position is spoiled for choice why are you making a mistake and saying oh, let's give benefit of doubt right shouldn't then we do a second level check with we pull in founder ecosystem as well interesting so you get the founders Because, to talk to these folks yeah in twos and threes so basically what what it then allows us to do is the founders impression of why they think we are the most loved vc to your point is somewhat calibrated and tested from their lens which is so some founder say really you asking us to do this i said yeah these are the people who are going to service the next generation of you guys right and do you think they they passed the bloom test and you know from your lens and and there are founders who are critical of us and they say hey you were a motley crew early on but now i'm now i'm exposed to somebody from sequoia axel tiger etc i want the bloom person to be bloom culture code but as sharp as that person not that we are not as sharp or as intelligent but they they want all these appeal of everything packaged into one so bar has become much higher but basically we hope to pass those bars as well as we build out the team so it's a new generation of building the first 10 years cannot be equated with the coming 10 but i hope to sort of meet that bar with the new bloom that we well i think it's really smart to co-opt the founders right because in a way they feel invested in bloom uh, uh in in that sense and then probably hopefully they'll bring the best deals uh Absolutely. to bloom and probably they do uh, you know and you like were, somebody asked me in 14 uh, or 15 when they were evaluating us they finally came into our fund in 18 hmm. and he said uh funds of your nature the small funds essentially have lot of them have like a mafia that they're attached to correct uh you know paypal mafias of the world or uber mafia like the deal sourcing for a small fund comes from networks which they've cornered in some sense right so what's your mafia because you don't have any companies yet which are unicorns etc you're not in you don't so i said there will be a bloom mafia someday <laughs> so <laughs> you just have to wait out for the four five years and they didn't believe us but i think it's happening no there is already a bloom mafia i think uh, there's so much like so many founders now exceptionally successful kabir at danzo vasant at small case uh, gaurav at an academy like you know all of these phenomenal founders that you folks have backed but and on that uh, karthik like what was is there a common thread that you were looking for when you backed folks like these uh, because you said that you know as a as a entrepreneur yourself you ended up backing other entrepreneurs who were like you 
so like what is it that really worked for you i know gaurav speaks about the persistence with which he followed up uh with you folks over a very long period of time uh is, so is persistence that thing that like uh, checks the big box for you or is it is it just the idea uh or is it like different things for different uh, entrepreneurs that have worked yeah i don't think um formulas work as you you know entrepreneurship is is lessons i don't think it's formulas right so there are and uh, the beauty of entrepreneurship is that i feel and in fact i have a post waiting to be written this week i'll share it with you when i'm done um and when you read it you'll see where the inspiration comes from um i also feel like so but I'll, the the punchline of that piece will be that you can build unicorns in very different ways that is uh, uh, and that's after i have the courage to say that after i i have one and i'm there's going to be two more in this quarter um and after seeing these trajectories and the people you some of them you pointed out are not yet unicorns but i'm sure they will become right and the trajectories are all very different all five are actually very different the ones i'm going to uh, the, the the three that are going to become and and the two that you mentioned right and so what it uh, taught us and it takes time to learn this sabhi i mean if anybody told you in 13 14 they know that how to how they can specifically to do this the bullshitting uh, they still be bullshitting and tell you why because the ratio the loss and win ratios have broadly not changed in 60 years of venture capital so if they were if, if formulas were as clean and specific as you're asking me to outline them then we would have gotten much better at this no as an industry how come it doesn't happen right because the reality is you leave the founders to their own will for 23 and a half hours of the day the investor inter- engagement and intrusions are only 30 minutes a day sir on average for right. the whole month right. right so the founder has got to go back and be capable of doing a b c d e f g so that is and therefore no founders can be identical but they share common traits to your point right so if you go back in the i'll also weave in uh, the mistakes we made in fund one because we cut 60 70 checks and we basically experimented a lot but tiny checks though the clever way of uh, if you look at it from portfolio modeling and construction which people don't give us credit for my stop losses were always super tight i couldn't have lost much money right and people don't ever understand that i was doing a boatload of learning for very very little capital nobody has done that much learning with that little capital in this country period right and so um never, no one's ever appreciated that but the mistakes on that lot were to your you raised that point in the very first sentence you were looking for people like you so we were looking for two things actually where we were projecting because we had an entrepreneur gene we were expressing our gene through them and said yes sincere hai high perseverance hai integrity hai cheating nahi karega paise nahi dubayega and then the second lens of that which is also flawed is uh kya idea hai maine socha tha parso ye kuch hai right so th- therefore i love this guy because he walked into my room and told me the same idea that i've been thinking of that's the thrill of early stage venture right you you're reading the tea leaves you're flipping through the economist you're reading a trend in china you're reading some trend in technology and you say this is bound to happen so that positive then, affirmation you sort of uh, the moment you find it you latch on to it too early too early sometimes right uh, too early because your market is not timed for this and too early because you might pick the wrong entrepreneur on the right idea yeah Oh my god there's so many examples of that in fund one it's not funny right and it continues to happen because it's not a perfect world and you can't go and scour every entrepreneur in a particular area that you like however we've gotten better at it so if we like a, a thesis area now we actually write it present it to ic go out and chase such founders so that's how we're solving the idea problem got right it. we're saying yeah. a at a at a investor level in the team you got to get super focused on which ideas you ch- uh, chase because you got to be like top decile in the country on having a thought leadership on this on this space you can't be behind uh, sequoia besimer tiger yeah how does it matter was they put 100 million before you blink into those companies so you got to be ahead of them so that will happen only with specialization so that's one way to solve it right so picking founders it's not about picking founders it's about picking uh founders 
who share a vision of a very large market build out much ahead of the rest of the market the mistake we were making in fund one was sometimes they were 3 years 4 years ahead and sometimes when you picked without looking at the rest of the market you were picking the wrong founder because there was smarter there was a smarter founder who was actually better timed or better equipped who would walk through the door 6 months later and we would miss him so misha was like that for us my mail actually says hey we have too much deals in this space i don't think we'll be able to do it because of competition uh, right and never even met the guy right and my reply from the intro that came from navin tiwari so it's embarrassing but that's the truth right and so you got to be careful on that and that's one that's a systemic problem that you want to solve to the original question you asked around founders it is all of what you said it's perseverance it is ambition it is uh, capability but however there are a lot of nuances in everything right one is ability to sell the mission not just believe it yourself because and yes there is a, a critical view of this ki ye sab selu founders go to vcs you know sell a sexy story and raise money it's not about the vcs i don't care that much about it of course it matters that you have to sell a great story to get a tiger or a sequoia excited but it's not that it's about can you sell it to your team members can you sell uh, to who comes and joins you as a co-founder right uh, so if you don't have that how are you going to build legendary tenure companies right and 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 so the the core dna has got to be incredible capacity to believe and sell a mission uh to incredible ability to listen to the customer problem that you are chasing therefore two levels of issues two nuances there you have to be so married to the problem that as it's as important as your marriage actual marriage to your spouse correct you have okay. to believe in it and uh, not get married to the solution i guess so that is yeah that used to be i used to say that in the first five years now i i even disregard anybody who starts with that theory is absolutely lost because i've seen every plan change every product change in the first 12 months you're going through the journey so you'll tell me how it went in another 6 months right so then what are you married to you're married to how to solve the problem right which then means the best founders are literally here to the ground all day whenever they get a chance right they're going into the market they're going to the street they're understanding it they're able to touch and feel the problem which is why sometimes vc struggle to figure out ye intercity kaise chal raha hai bus transport are vc aapne bus kab liya last time ah so so you can't even relate to the problem right and that they are not able to sometimes vc sometimes don't fund these business because they don't relate to it at all whereas entrepreneurs should live breathe and relate to it all the time if you're listening then to the customer then i think you get outstanding outcomes in my view right and those journeys pay off even if they fail because you would have built a company worth somebody else buying it will be a suboptimal outcome but it will still be a journey worth having and then a lot of those founders especially if they come from a technology area that they love will go build another great company in that space after this yeah yeah right no i and, think and, and, and yeah. the last last point on that is incredible capacity to learn from other people and learn to discern what inputs and outputs to take from others learnings and knowing their dna which is where the big differences come not every founder can listen to uh, vijay shekhar or deepinder and gaurav munjal and get excited about how to play copy the playbook aapko aata hi nahi you don't have that characteristic how can you whereas a saas founder can build quietly a billion dollar company by mechanically clinically going at it like a surgeon and and hitting it out of the park and building a 100 million dollar revenue company so play you have to play to we have a term for it in the vc world there's a jargon for everything it's also founder market fit right it's also founder product fit so it's essentially you will not fund somebody who walks through the door and says you know i've built a, a, a consumer business now i'll build a saas business and vice versa not that i i want to be rule bound by that but a lot of the time it's not easy to transcend the two correct no and you know uh, everything that you said has been spoken before but the point on the selling thing is interesting uh, kartik because in india we it's almost like neglected uh, the fact that you constantly need to be selling not only as a founder but even otherwise right i mean uh, we grew up in a time when we were told that you just like do your thing do it really well and then you will be proven 
but i guess uh, one big takeaway for for me from this is the fact that you're constantly selling whether it is to the team whether it is to uh, vcs whether it is to vendors even that you know they should prioritize your work over and why you will become such a big company that they will regret not having worked for you uh so so i think that that thing is very important and you spoke about like is misho that anti portfolio uh, that you think about plenty or? plenty of them plenty of the misho zetworks i'll tell you what my book is an anti portfolio actually so they're not anti portfolio misho and zetworks are bizarrely process anti portfolio we never met the founder right we 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 failed on the uh, written communication itself right so we fixed a lot of processes post 2018 because the process was failing us right um that's a different story and again it trade secrets i won't reveal that but we get about 600 700 founders met between the five of us this in a year now uh because we fixed the process dramatically so no referred founder gets missed by blue meaning right at least for a conversation to me the genuine mark of an anti portfolio is when you met the founder you had a shot at taking the check bet not and this is also non trivial so for example i met the swiggy founders when they were bundled okay on a rooftop in ubi city and i said one more courier company i don't think so right and i think i had already we just made the bet on runner no this was before runner perhaps but like i didn't think we were going to play and then we were 250k check writers and they probably went and got i don't know the exact history but they might probably got a million dollars from axel Freshworks, same thing. We were in the running, a, a part of some angel syndicate, and then Axel came and gave a million dollars. They're out of the reckoning. So I don't, I don't flog myself saying this is anti-portfolio, right? Abu, game me hai hi nahi to kaha se anti-portfolio? That's like saying Kunal Shah is anti-portfolio. Hai hi nahi thirty million dollars seed fund game. So Kunal's a nice guy. I know him. I spoke to him while he was building it. If I had five ten million, I would have asked him whether he would let me into the round. With 500k, I'm going to go and talk to him. Right? So, uh, so these are, uh, we were asked to do an exercise by one of our anchor investors and we went through the 25-30 companies in 17-18. So, it is 70-80% of them are a mix of this nature. They're either too late, they get bootstrapped and they come too late to the market. You don't get a shot at them. They raise a very large round, you don't get a shot at them. They're an alum of uh, an Axel company, so they went to Axel and got the check. how is that anti portfolio possible you never had a shot at it only so anti portfolio is when you came had a look at it proper look at it and you fail to read the thesis of the founder that it will become very big and that's a failure on somebody in the leadership team to not pick that signal up or that cue up so we're trying to minimize that going forward but there are many people like that as i said we met uh, uh, ritesh twice before we said no to you Uh, we met Ola. We he liked us. We liked him, but then Tiger came and cut the check. It was game set match, um, and then we went and did. Uh, we were also looking at Taxi Fisher. We liked that team a lot, and and then we managed to squeak into that round, which Axel and he didn't lead. So various things happen like of that nature. Uh, but basically, the ingredients that you asked about did appeal to us, which is why we chased some founders more. and in some cases you might not read it well because it's a zoom call now or whether you didn't meet the founder mile hi nahi ho how can you make a judgment call that was our biggest learning from the process failures but this oh, this thing about you know you're almost like bracing for failure right so there is uh, there are errors of omission and commission uh, in the vc space and especially in the stage which you are at or yeah. we're going after at seed early stage yeah uh, the potential for failure is much much higher and then to uh, i mean the number of successes will be low and they will compensate for all the failures That's right. but in just in absolute terms in number terms the uh, number of failures will be much higher and therefore like motivating the team through this like you know you're like seeing companies die more than you're seeing companies succeed yeah. and then you're picking them up and saying that look yaar this happens in the business and you get on to the next investment how does yeah. that process yeah. work it's gut wrenching i mean you know um, even with 1 crore losses right uh, that's what like a average series a company burns today in a month right uh, <laughs> with a 1 crore the first time the losses hit the first write downs happened as early as 2012 18 months into the fund and then various things hit you it says like you to your point it's a power law business you read about it but now you're experiencing it um 
the losses come way ahead of the game right uh, uh purple is breaking out today right it was a 13 company and is massively breaking out today but like there's a graveyard of companies prior to that right so the, the good news as you rightly said is empirical evidence points to the fact that it's a power law business fisex will pay for all the mistakes of whether it's a 20 in a 25 company portfolio or 40 in a 50 company portfolio these fisex will pay for all of them how does it happen and and so that's what we are trying to fix in our heads right we're just saying hoga for various reasons like fund 3 and we try to iterate this better in every fund and say why is it happening in every fund but you can't control it and I, i'll tell you you have to reconcile with it at some point the causes for those failure are very high but you ask me a different question so how do you reconcile to it for me the there were two steps of reconciliation which troubled me one was losing the money the more important thing was losing the time yeah because because you can't get that back it's the same amount of time yeah it's the same amount of time you're distributing across that many companies and then after a year of bloody hard work one just vanishes right i said what the hell was i doing like i like skipped sunday breakfast with my kid to spend time with his entrepreneur and he just blew up right and so it changed a lot of things around bloom it allowed us to get more focused in concentration of portfolio not just because mp said is a good idea but because you want to spend time with every company very thoughtfully for one number two you want to it changes your perspective on can each bet you make have a shot in hell of returning the fund you might say kya bol rahe 1% probability hai but hai kya 1% if it is below 1% then please don't play it because the entrepreneur is cute or in in their pitch or whether the idea is cute in terms of its uh, you know it's a nice cute app don't play it's a waste of time right so so it changes your thinking around and that's what the mistakes of fund one were right you, at that point you said what unicorns there is no term like that by the way and then people would say if it gets to 50 million i'll own uh, 8% of it i'll make 4 million it's a 20 million dollar fund it's a decent outcome but that's an interesting lens to apply that. right filter to apply that it's, you say so very quickly what happened was once you get to 60 to 100 million and when you look at sandeep the math around the next guy picking up the company right the next guy picking up the company is looking for a 1 to 10 journey of that fund they don't appreciate the fact that you got them from 0 to 1 they don't care they don't care it's like time pass like they're saying will this founder take the company from 1 to 10 and then you said what was i thinking trying to measure them for 0 to 1 what 0 to 2 what 0 to 3 no i have to find a founder who can build 0 to 10 and that when you put those lenses and then when you pick very deeply and then when you take enough ownership now because the ownership thing changed because of the time honestly not just because of the yeah because like i'm spending so much time i want to be paid for my time even if it means playing another half a million dollars extra I'll pay for my time, but I'll play for my time, right? So I want now fifteen percent. I will not settle for seven, eight percent, right? So all of this then changes the model. We became twenty-five companies, more concentrated, but the lens is sharper now. That every company you pick, now the math of a hundred or hundred and fifty million dollar fund, which is a fund three and four, is that if they don't make a unicorn, you don't return much money because you'll own very little when they get to that stage. Therefore, the lens on day one is a unicorn, banana tree. and that sharpens up your mind on many many counts it's a crude way of objectifying this and therefore some young college kid who's very smart will get left out because you think about and say really this kid will shape up to become you know the next dipinder gorav you know uh, munjal etc looks tough from what i'm seeing right they have high energy but they might not get there will they get to 50 million 100 million yeah potentially they look really smart they can get there Let's move the needle. No, it does not move the needle. So, from ironically, even a sub fifty million dollar exit is a failure mark in the portfolio because it did not move the needle on the success metric. So, the sum total of all the non-fives winners in every top decile portfolio in the last thirty years is less than ten fifteen percent of the gross returns. so which which portfolio company it comes from nobody asks it's a footnote 
right? You say, oh, you're giving me five more bucks on the hundred after giving me three fifty. It's okay, I'll take it. Nobody asks who gave that price. Right, right. And so, what are you working so hard on that five four, right? And so, the other extreme way of looking at this is you need to start culling out your time, your bandwidth, your capital allocation. So, I know you know this, but for the audiences. Only 30 odd percent of our capital goes into those initial bets because the mistakes are made there, and the bulk of the capital is in reserves. And in an early stage fund, I think the mantra is just keep doubling down on those five, ten winners, yeah. right? Some will get to two, three hundred million, some will get to two, three billion, but that's where you want 70 percent of your capital and time to be spent. Right? I think it's interesting that you you talk about more about optimizing for time than optimizing for capital, right? And then that's an interesting. thought process from a vc perspective right i think uh... in an early stage vc what i said might be true for a tiger it might not be right because they don't have to spend the time right they're getting into a company where a lot of things are fleshed out teams are boards are somebody's taking care of the oversight everything in my case all of that is raw and that time spent is time spent really coaching people right i think coaching the entrepreneur coaching the teams uh, around the entrepreneur i i you know i wonder like how is it uh like guiding somebody who's really in the arena i think uh, so the person in the arena is playing his own game you're sitting outside and i know you wrote about the playbook uh, netflix series but how how does that work is it like uh, frust- isn't it frustrating sometimes and you see are yaar you know if i was there i would have done this but now i have to get him or her to do something else without telling him as much But if you if you look at thanks for alluding to that I enjoyed that series I'm wondering when the second season will come and for me writing it was not it was it felt repetitive for a lot of people but I also realized a lot of people don't like sports avidly enough to watch the series so I was transcribing in some sense for them but it helped me think through all of the elements that you are speaking about which is what are the challenges of a coach because that coach it's whether it's a life coach whether it's a mental health coach whether it is a a uh, sports coach whether it's a vc coach it's the same problem you're not in the maidan right the other person has to go deal with their life after the one hour session right uh, at least in a sports game they actually on the sidelines here i'm not on the sidelines right the founders taken the board inputs left the room and then they're on their own again right so uh, you get so by the way we are on the sidelines sometimes when we're back channeling with investors when we're guiding them on whatsapp on what to say in a meeting and what so you are doing on real time also coaching sometimes right but a lot of it is not real time it is more uh, almost 6 months in advance kind of coaching you want you're hoping that what you see today becomes their behavior 6 to 12 months from now so right? you, you know you have to invest that sort of commitment from your absolutely, own side absolutely absolutely people don't change they have to absorb the idea that it is their idea that's the entrepreneur's ego and the entrepreneur's failing right and and uh, until that happens you've actually not done your job as a coach right right and therefore idea. we over index to various questions you've asked in this hour we over index on ability to win founders trust founder empathy right ability to understand the problem from their shoes right it's okay for you to pontificate what the hell do you know what they're going through yeah right, right? and and then which is where you realize you're always out of time and that's why it takes time right because that's not about a email or a whatsapp chat or a phone call or a board input it's about actually once in a while taking the time to go have a beer with them and understand what else is bugging them in their life right? right and it's very taxing because it's time away from your family right you're you're playing you're counseling them like a uh, a uh, uh, a kid a brother uh, you know a friend everything right and and um, and those journeys keep changing so yes the best founders then upgrade their coaches also because mm. they have different challenges let's say they've outgrown what they wanted to see in the first two years of the journey then they're looking at like, how the hell do i grow this from whatever little i've done to 10x the size now right, right? and they need to go to someone who's been there done that and can play a good coach god of a spectacular at going and finding those coaches for himself right at an academy um all the others are now we've learned from that how good he is at and then we advocate those playbooks to others now right and so you're learning so i think coaching <clears throat> in itself is a playbook that keeps evolving 
and i would argue that the base ingredients are almost absolutely necessary they're essential sufficient uh, they're necessary but not sufficient so the base ingredients is what we over index for inside the team hmm and then we try to grow up with our best companies to develop skills to become a better coach right and that's and if you don't enjoy that journey then you'll be a terrible early stage vc i feel or any like at any point right i guess you're like no in the later stages i have mixed feelings about this some people do treat this as a money manager job right i i don't think i i think you're overestimating whether everybody thinks that way. i think there are i'm not saying there are not vcs at late stage who don't enjoy this but i don't think they sit as coaches like if you look at uh, late stage founder coaches they're actually more other founders yeah unless a vc is run a billion dollar company what what are they going to tell you we are going to tell you what we've learned from others i keep saying this vc's core strength is pattern matching of all kinds in picking in learning in coaching in giving advice it's all pattern matching and so much of entrepreneurship is breaking out of patterns right you know so it's that's why i said you the trick is to customize from your learnings which pattern to advocate to a particular vc uh, to an entrepreneur yeah because otherwise you'll fall into the trap of advocating some bs which is non applicable to 8 out of 10 founders so you are if you make it formulaic your screw pattern matching is going to be customized and the curation of that is makes a, i think a great it's also <laughs> we keep joking we tell vc we tell founders tum vc ko madad puchho na that's the gene you want to express because vc wants to help right a really good genuine vc wants to help right right, right. and the kick comes from right maine thoda madad kiya right right post check the kick comes from that right post check you're done na paise jitna dena tha de diya aapne right what is the rest of the kick right <laughs> right of course you can watch the journey but you want to know that the, you mattered in the founder's journey yeah right and and so when so if you actually customized and won them over and the founder says thanks that was a great insight or this helped me or i cracked this whether they give you credit for it in public or private after that doesn't matter aapka self kick thoda ban gaya ki maine thoda kiya ंग or 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 is it like is it like two independent things when you think about personal? as of now it's two independent things I've, it's like a, a, like most entrepreneurs who are not don't break out for a certain period of time i'm not yet there to be very honest right my first carry in life i saw earlier this year when we part exited fund one and um, and prior to that i'd done too many experiments with my with angel investing with that entrepreneurial gate that i didn't really save up much right us education on a loan by the time i repaid it and got out of the country so i haven't had too much money so good for good or bad right and therefore investing has just been hey i might need it for a rainy day just put it into a you know literally deposits and uh, insurance and things like that to security because i know my family sort of you know craves for that given all the mad risk i'm taking on this front so uh, currently it's over indexed on insecure in just secure assets which are very very low returns because i feel i'm like it's almost feels like i'm 99 to 1 in terms of indexation on my current life i'm all in on my job right uh, i'm all in on capital every dollar we could have saved by taking a little bit extra from the fees is my founder contribution back to the gp contribution back to the funds because my lps want to see skin in the game i don't have too much cash so whatever little we can take from our fees is also in the fund right so I'm all in all in all in i'm in as from a carry rewards perspective i'm in from a reinvestment perspective so i the basically 2024 25 is when this might change but because those are my big paydays on funds 1 and 2 right all the vehicles that we raised between 11 and uh, 16 17 all of them will mature at the same time extensions opportunity funds core funds 
So when that payday arrives, I'll rethink this problem. But right now, I don't have bandwidth or the luxury of money in the bank to be able. But to it's amazing, it. like you know, fully invested, all in, going deep. I think it's uh, lots to learn, uh, Karthik. Thank you so much. I, this has been such a real conversation. Uh, we've learned a lot, uh, and who knows? Maybe we'll uh, we'll encourage you to put out a book around some of these things. Uh, some someday soon, hopefully. Thanks a lot for giving me the opportunity and allowing it, me to keep it real. Also, Sandeep, great questions. Enjoyed this. Best of luck to deserve. I know you're building a phenomenal product out there for folks like me. And I was actually thinking, you know, we don't have too much. Maybe I'm the right customer with, you know, my parents have to manage their little bit that they have in their nest egg. And uh, I know you're building for that kind of an audience today. And so, hopefully, be a customer soon. I haven't onboarded yet. Yeah. Uh, we'll correct that very soon kartik so <laughs> thank you so much thanks for doing this thanks a lot bye we hope you enjoyed tuning in today and got some great takeaways new episodes of this podcast are out every alternate thursday you can listen to the episode on our website or wherever else you listen to your podcasts if you wish to reach out to us follow deserve on linkedin or you can write to us at social@deserve.in at